Today's episode is a little different. My hope or my idea was to get several pastors together to talk about what it was like to shepherd a congregation uh, during this pandemic. I thought I could get a few of them in the room and we could discuss stories and uh, testimonies, struggles, trials, things like that. I soon realized that getting everybody's scheduled together and in one place at one time was going to be a little difficult. And so I decided to just record them separately. After talking to just two of them, I realized we had quite a bit of information, uh, some similarities, uh, some unique perspectives. And so today's episode, there are going to be two pastors of the Restoration sharing uh, what it was like uh, to go through uh, this with the with the saints. Some things we did good, some things that we've learned, maybe some things we can improve on in the future, but definitely some things to think about uh, when we talk about what it means to have charity for one another. I hope you enjoy. And so let's get right to it. Our our first guest uh, joining us today is Eric English from Oak Grove Restoration Branch. Eric, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Um, Eric was pastor in 2019 and then, uh, last year up until October, correct? Make sure we get that right. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Okay. Well, I'll just ask you, uh, so I'm terrible with dates and remembering when, what happened when, but I think it was early, um, 2020 last year when, uh, really COVID cases started to, um, ramp up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so are you, you guys are still in Jackson County, Missouri? We are just barely. Okay. Yep. One of the reasons I wanted you guys to come on was just uh, listening and kind of watching some of the internet traffic among saints and um, thoughts on what, well, what's happened, uh, different political thoughts, different thoughts on what the church should or shouldn't have done. And that's mm-hmm. kind of gone on for the last couple of years. And so sure. what's... Uh, What's it? Let's say without a pandemic, what are some of the biggest challenges you see as as being a pastor? Oh, that's a that's a good question and a tough question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, several different thoughts, I guess, on that. Um, one, uh, oftentimes um, in the restoration, we tend to focus on the person in the presiding elder role as a pastor, and I think sometimes we blur the lines a little bit with Protestantism mm-hmm. instead of looking at the presiding elder as really the the pastor and the leader of the priesthood and overall the priesthood have responsibility for ministering to the saints right and so so obviously that is uh, that that's a uh, one of the tough obligations of fulfilling that role is to help set the right direction for the rest of the priesthood and to help channel the priesthood you know in in ministry to the saints um, so, so that of course is tough there, there's all kinds of logistics stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of us doing this as lay ministers can be pretty time intensive. Um, and then w- one, uh, I guess, area that's always been difficult for me uh, in particular is um, the the area of priesthood calls. So that that's a heavy burden on anybody in a presiding elder role. Um, and then there's always, uh, you know, um, concerns and specific ministry needs for individual saints or families. Um that can be a very uh, burdensome responsibility on that person in the presenting elder role too. Okay. What, um, when you, do you remember, uh, what's, what's some of your first memories of what happened with COVID, uh, as far as, cause even, uh, being in healthcare, I didn't perceive that this was going to be a big a deal as it was. And so what was some of your first memories of, wow, uh, there may be, we may not be able to meet together anymore as a congregation. Yeah. And it happened very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I think far quicker than anybody thought it went from, okay, we see cases on the coasts to all of a sudden now it was something here and now in Jackson County and, and mandates were coming out of, you know, not to meet in person. And, and, you know, there's lockdowns happening with stores and all kinds of stuff. Um, And so, yeah, it became a very, um, something that went from zero to 60 mm-hmm. almost overnight. Um, so, you know, we, we did make the decision to suspend uh, in-person services. It ended up being, uh, I want to say, almost two months. Um, 
And for us, uh, one of the first decisions we had to make was um, because we had been broadcasting services before right. on the internet. Um, we had them make the decision of, okay, do we want to, you know, have men come up and and share ministry from uh, Oak Grove at church um, that could be broadcast out to the saints? And it's it's very much a one way uh, interaction, right? Oh, or did we want to um, to opt in and support the initiative that the Conference of Restoration Elders had started up, where they were using Zoom and there was more opportunity for two way? Uh, and so we we talked through the pros and cons of that and prayed about it and decided we wanted to to help lend support to what the conference was doing. And so for those almost two months, um, we, um, you know, shared all that information with our saints and encouraged them to participate. And, and I think overall, um, while that was a very tough period of not meeting in person, uh, there were some, you know, very clear highlights uh, and, and experiences for a lot of our members that are used to, unfortunately, we're used to meeting in isolated congregations. And so, some of the opportunities for ministry there where we're jointly, you know, meeting with folks on the other side of the planet is just, it's a phenomenal experience. And I think it was a real high point for a number of our saints to get to do yeah. that. What, um, what were some thoughts you had or concerns of, uh, well, as soon as you knew the branch wasn't going to be meeting in person, what were some of your thoughts that went through your mind? Um, so, you know, some of the, the difficulties we had to wrestle with uh, that I think most branches had to, which was, okay, so, you know, do we feel like we can still abide by the requests of local government and yet not dishonor God's calling for us to bring ministry? Uh, and I think, you know, everybody wrestled with that a fair degree. Uh, and we have seen that nationwide and we continue to see it, you know, mm-hmm. this, this struggle around um, – you know, should we adhere to that or not? And, um, you know, I, I think we felt like that we could use those means of technology for a short interim period to supplement not meeting in person. Um, but I think if, if it had been requested of us to continue on longer, we would have hit a point where um, you realize that th- there are some things that are just completely lacking. Um, while there, you know, it can be very, very powerful for, for individual things, Ongoing long-term ministry just doesn't work very well mm-hmm. um, when you're trying to do it through screens. Um, and so, um, you know, we thankfully, we didn't have to hit a point where we had to make that decision um, because, uh, you know, enough things changed to where we were, it was relaxed enough where we could start meeting back in person. Um, but that was very much something I think that was on our minds and we were kind of continuing to assess. And then, and then of course, once we, we came back, we had to, address the issues of masks and distancing and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. What, um, so your, your branch chose to kind of follow the county guidelines of this is what they're recommending, and you said we'll go along with that and kind of respect the authority in that place. Did you get uh, – did you feel pushback from any of the members or um, in whatever form, way that, um, you know – we're called to worship God and nobody's going to, you know, tell us not to. And that kind of mindset, was there some of that or? Sure. Um, yeah, I think we had, you know, various different views uh, you know, across the spectrum um, amongst the membership. One thing that we talked about early on um, with the congregation and as a priesthood was at the end of the day, we don't want to allow this to be something that divides us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so we asked for folks to have charity on both sides Um and we we took the approach where we we shared what came from Jackson County, what the request was. Um, in hindsight, one of the things I, I learned about um, the ways in which you lead through the ways in which you communicate is, um, you know, we made the decision that we would share that information with the congregation and we would post a couple of things on the doors like they asked of us. Um, but I, I heard, you know, after the fact um, – well, I should say this, but going into it, uh, you know, I did not want us to, under any circumstance, turn anybody away from coming in person. So if somebody didn't want to wear a mask and still came, we weren't going to turn them away. Mm. We, we purchased masks, we sent them by the door. Um, but, you know, 
part of this whole concept of being mindful of the shadow that you cast. Um, I heard from others after the fact of, you know, they felt pressure that they didn't want to wear a mask, but because we were communicating out to them, here's the Jackson County mandate, here's the request, that that by itself felt like we were putting pressure on them to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, we all have hindsight. It's always 2020 clearer than going through it. And at the time, I, you know, I, I, th- I think that um, I, I felt too confident in the way in which we were sharing it. Um, and if I had to do it over again, I would have caveated or couched it a little bit more so mm-hmm. that folks did not feel like, you know, significant pressure against, uh, you know, how they wanted to come and to worship. Yeah. How do you lead a, um, any congregation? You have uh, ebb and flow and um, conflicts, I think, personalities and things that come and go. Mm-hmm. How do you, uh, how did you, did you find it difficult or did you find this as more of a, on, on a higher scale of emotional feelings one way or another than, you know, the normal things that come up in business meetings or things, was it, was it amped up a little bit and was it hard to uh, get the let's have charity mm-hmm. theme out? Um, you know, to be honest, not really. Okay. Um, I, I was, I was um, very glad to see that, that almost everybody approached it that way of, you know, most didn't have significant heartburn with doing it. Um, but there's also a fair percentage that didn't really enjoy it, but were willing to do it for a period of time. Um, and part of it at the time too, was there was so much that was unknown about COVID-19 that, you know, if you remember, we went, we went through stages where <laughs> there was like extreme paranoia that we thought, you know, that it, it stayed on surfaces for long periods of time. And, you know, we went through stages where hand sanitizer was off the shelves and, and so there are so many things I think that early on we were learning about it that government, everybody else, the medical community really didn't understand yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think we we probably, well, I know we over pivoted on some of those kind of um, concern areas to watch that now we've learned a lot more about it and know which things actually are important and which things aren't. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fantastic that um, there really, there wasn't a strong division. There wasn't like, um, you know, any issues of, of folks feeling so strongly one way or the other that it, it came to be a divisive kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, we were able to really keep a, a cohesive kind of, you know, work through it. So, How is your uh, census, I guess, for lack of a better word, at Oak Grove now, uh, pre-pandemic, um, went through the pandemic, now people are meeting again. Have you have you lost saints in number, or or, or are your numbers about the same? Um, I would say they're probably about the same. Um, but one of the, one of the things there are some individuals that I could point to and say that um, you know they might have been um, just um, middle of the road involvement, mm-hmm. or maybe a, you know a couple times a month attenders. That we have seen a few that that um, since all of that haven't been back. Gotcha. Um, and so I, I think it was enough of a jolt to the normal routine that for a few, you know, they they have strayed um, since then. But by and large, um, most everybody has come back. There are, you know, still some that are in certain limited circumstances that they're still at high risk. That it's. Um, infrequent when they come, mm-hmm. um, which is completely understandable. Um, sure. So, yeah. Um, it, probably the, the most difficult, uh, I'll call it emotional um, decision out of all of that really was more of an adjunct add-on responsibility. Um, it wasn't Oak Grove specific, but it was being involved in Central Missouri Restoration Branches because each one of our presiding elders or pastors is, is a part of the leadership of that organization. Mm-hmm. And we were called on as well with very limited information to have to make a decision around summer camps and reunion. Ah, yeah. And so that was, I would say, from an emotional tug the heartstrings and a really painful and difficult process to work through and decide, that was probably the, the hardest, um, more so than making the decision to, you know, to grow 
are we going to sp- suspend services for a few weeks? <clears throat> and then, um, you know, how are we going to deal with a mask order? Kind mm. of thing, so, yeah, for those listening that are, are not from the area, uh, the, there's a campground, Odessa Hills, uh, you know, 45 minutes east of the KC Metro that most of the, well, it's, it's probably the closest and largest uh, attended campground uh, within distance for the restoration. And mm-hmm. the Central Missouri Restoration Branches uh, run that together as a group of congregations. So uh, I didn't I didn't think of that. That's, that's good. Was that uh, maybe more of a hot topic? Uh, did you get that from parents or families of what, you, we're not going to have camp, but we are? Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, certainly. You know, it, it's a lot more hits home because... The camping programs in the church are so impactful for our youth that, um, you know, that decision was was extremely tough. It mm. was, yeah. The, uh, um, and, you know, it, looking back, was it the right decision? I'm not sure. Um, we collectively made the decision that we were going to suspend camps. Um, we had the older youth camp, and an, unfortunately we had one incident um, happen there. And then it, it caused us to, to feel the obligation to suspend the rest of the summer right. camps. And then we postponed reunion to the end of the summer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that there were some maybe that um, were relieved. There were several that were, were pretty frustrated and unhappy, and rightfully so, um, because their, their kids count on that uh, as an opportunity for ministry. And, and we all as parents count on that for a positive influence in our kids' lives. Mm. Um. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the positive because uh, I've seen some things even recently that really wanted me to kind of get you guys in here and be willing to talk a little bit. I saw someone said something, and it's kind of been a repeating theme that the church failed miserably during COVID and should have done better. And I... Uh, I don't like that really. That that kind of hurts me to to see that because I I just couldn't have been more not proud, but I was very respectful of our pastor and and the tough decisions that uh, I can only imagine he had to make uh, in trying to protect uh, as many people as he could. Uh, what what's some positive things that that you experienced during this time of let's let's just say during the time of not meeting together? Uh, you mentioned that. People were able to see people from all over the, mm-hmm. and and they really amped up the technology. I think really had to adapt to what was going on. Um, it was neat to see people from all over the, yeah, the world coming together. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's unfortunate the circumstances in which what spurred everybody to action for that. But boy, yeah, some of the efforts that. Um, I know Vimhorn in particular put into that were fantastic. And, you know, if you could have set aside the, uh, you know, all the COVID issues, the, the chance for us to all jointly be on a single kind of screen and be able to see each other's faces, be able to worship together, to be able to hear from saints in Kenya um, during our, you know, n- normal Sunday morning worship, um, that that was a, a really neat positive. Yeah, yeah. And our branch, we had uh, smaller groups that would meet together on Sundays and Wednesdays, and I got to know, you know, six, seven families from our branch a lot better than I ever mm-hmm. would have done for years, just uh, seeing them on a small screen and, and in a more intimate way. So I, I was actually sad to see that go and miss that mm-hmm. part of it. Um, <laughs> what... Uh, any testimonies you want to share, uh, personal uh, people reaching out to you, sharing with you, encouraging you through the time? What what good things did you see from your perspective in the the saints? Yeah. Um, so n- number one, obviously, um, compassion that folks had for one another. Um, I think we've seen as time has gone on, people have gotten more frustrated. But uh, I, in in you know, um, with request to wear masks or to distance or to other things. But at least for last year, I didn't really see that much. Um, fo- folks were, were still, you know, a little uncertain and, and, um, mostly it was out of care and concern that, that folks were going through it together. Um, so I, I thought that was fantastic. Regardless of their personal beliefs. Or, yeah. 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 So that's, I saw some of that, a lot of that too. And I, I think that's, um, 
a message that uh, the saints shouldn't be berated for, but really praised for stepping up and having that kind of right. charity in a circumstance that's so politically charged. Yeah, very, very much so. And you know, and and as it, the time has gone on, and as we've learned more about this, then you know, it, I certainly um, appreciate and encourage folks to vigorously debate kind of the trends of our country and where things are going and. We certainly see a lot of things that, that do cause us as Christians to have a lot of concern. Um, but early on, before it had become too overly politicized, um, I, I thought that um, folks were willing to, um, to to not make it something to fight about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was, um, was really good. What was it like when you all came back to worship as a as a family, as a group of saints there at the congregation again after being away for for several months? What was that like? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I think it was pretty powerful to all be back together in the same room. Um, I, I would tell you, it, it was a little bit awkward because we we, we um, just you know m- most wore masks um, and. We blocked off every other row, right, yeah. and so you know, so it it felt um, awkward at first. I guess is the easiest way to describe it. Um, and it took us a good, probably a couple months before we got used to um, that and started to then set some of those things aside and um, got you, you know we we kind of laid out a plan where we were going to reintroduce things in stages. So we started. Uh, let's see, we would have started back in May. Um, we, we still, so uh, I think it was probably July was the first month that we had a sacrament service, and we had to modify some of the ways in which we did that. Um, and in even a couple of the smaller, you know, mechanical ways in which we serve it, we've, we've kind of kept up even until now. So like before, we had all the bread in one tray, and then we had the wine in individual cups. Um, we shifted to where um, we've got the bread in cups too. And everybody takes their cup and then just keeps it. And then after both have been served, the deacons come through with little trash cans and people toss them in. And <laughs> Sounds like and, you've, uh, I could tell uh, your pastors have taught because it sounds <laughs> familiar for where I get that. I plan to talk to uh, Jason as well, so we'll, we'll get his perspective. Um, yeah. Several well, of us compared notes on process. And, and we learned things along. We tried one month to do it where the priesthood would put on rubber gloves or, or plastic gloves mm-hmm. and it didn't work very well at all. And, you know, so we've, we've learned as we've gone along. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I was going to, um, maybe end with just philosophy of, I know there is, uh, there's the thought that we follow God and not, we're to obey the laws of the land, but ultimately the laws of God should supersede those if Mm -hmm. those ever come into uh, conflict. Uh, do you think there's a point where, and, and this is hard to ask, I'm just, I'm talking, uh, do you think there's a point where the church has a responsibility to say, uh, we're not going to allow the, the government to keep us apart or, uh, how's that all play out in your mind? I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, Great question, and I I know across the restoration, I think we we wrestle with mm-hmm. where is that line because I think we would all agree that there are some things that would be crossing the line. The question is, um, what would that be? And so, in my mind, anything that prevents us from bringing ministry or worshiping the Lord as we see fit would be a crossing of that line, and that would be the point at which we would be obligated. We would need to stand up and say, we can't go along with that. Um, now, you know, I think there's different opinions about what, what a mask means or doesn't mean. Um, and ultimately we decided to, you know, we're going to communicate that message and allow folks to choose. And, um, but that, while it may be awkward and while, you know, it it doesn't work long-term, especially with kids and others, you know, it, it does lessen that opportunity. It doesn't prevent ministry from being brought or Mm. the ability to gather and worship. Yeah, I think there's always the thought process of this is just a step in one direction, and then the next time it's going to be a little bit more. And mm-hmm. there's that fear factor of uh, maybe losing the right to worship, and and that's taking it to the extreme. But that's that's kind of one of the thought processes. Um, I personally, I I feel like there's 
shouldn't be fear. Uh, mm. Let you can't you can't fear things that haven't happened yet. But I understand the wisdom and people's perspective of not wanting that to kind of go down that road later on. And yeah, absolutely. And and I think we've seen from and this is again just my opinion only, but that the initial ask was something that was done out of not mm-hmm. knowing. And since then, we've seen it morph into much more of a political issue. Right. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot of validity to the, you know, a lot of folks' opinions and feelings, mine included, that is now shifted into more of a mechanism to try to control behavior right. than it is for actually protecting us from yeah. this disease that we know more about now. Yeah, it's crazy uh, how fast this animal, I just, I remember so vividly, like, we're going to just hunker down for two weeks and stop the spread, and that mm-hmm. just turned into, wow, what we don't even know still to this day, like, what are we doing and why? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, well, I think one important point um, to, to make, too, just before we, we get too far along or before we wrap is, um, you know, th- this was certainly a, a tumultuous time for us in the church and in our nation. Um, but, but I don't think that this is necessarily anything special. So I, I know you want to talk to a couple of the guys that, that served in this role during this time, but, you know, we've seen all kinds of turmoil um, in the church. Right. Um, and um, so, you know, I don't think that there's necessarily something different or special about any of us that happen to be in those positions during this. Um, there have been men that have gone before that have had to wrestle with far more um, spiritually impacting issues than this was. Um, so I want to make sure that, you know, there's not any view at all that that somehow, you know, we were doing something different or special or, or mm-hmm. what have you. Um, and at the end of the day, to be real blunt, we're all completely useless in these roles, if not for the Lord. And so if, if we're not depending on him um, and doing the best that we can and trying to listen and discern what he has planned for all of us, then we, f- we fail no matter what and mm. our own abilities and skills are, are meaningless and nothing. That's so. thanks for sharing that. that. That's a, and that's probably a good place to, to end. I appreciate you saying, you saying that, and I will thank you for not just for during COVID for, for anyone that steps up to pastor mm-hmm. uh, a congregation in this day and age. It's like you said, <laughs> there's anything special. Sadly enough, it's not because there's always something else coming. It seems like yeah. it's just, uh, so it's a hard, a hard time. And I think it's just going to get tougher until the Lord returns. I think we're on that, the cusp of, uh, this nation kind of, going down as far as you know focusing on jesus and rejecting righteousness so sadly decline is a choice and Mm -hmm. we're seeing that many in leadership roles across the nation and in the general population that are choosing the ways of the world not the ways of the lord and yeah i think we're going to continue to to wrestle and struggle with the consequences of that trajectory Mm -hmm. um and we know Satan doesn't sleep, but the good thing is we know the end of the story and we know the Lord is far more powerful than that and nothing's going to dissuade from his plan for all of us. Yeah. And so, Well, thank you for lifting him up there at the end and bringing that out. I, I appreciate that. And yeah, it's I'm filled with hope and expectation, I guess, yeah. at this point in my life and where the world's at. That, uh, we're hopefully see some wonderful things. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Yep, glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Our next guest is Jason Anderson, who pastored at Colburn Road Restoration Branch as this pandemic started uh, through the year and um, just this past uh, August stepped down and transitioned to a new pastor. Jason is the pastor of the church I attend and we had a little audio uh, buzz at the beginning and so I just cut it out. We're going to join him. We we maybe missed like 30 seconds. He just starts into the timeline uh, where Jackson County started uh, ramping up what they were going to allow and what they weren't going to allow and so we'll pick up the conversation there as he kind of walks us through it. 
the schools aren't going to be coming back from spring break or whatever, but the 16th was a Monday, and the, the 12th or 13th is when the um, the Jackson County came out with the order that no more than 1,000, and you thought, well, that's manageable. And But over the weekend, it got down to 250 and then 50. Uh, and so Monday, the 16th, uh, I spent a lot of my day uh talking and emailing with my counselors and with the officers of the branch and trying to determine a game plan. And by late afternoon, and in addition, in my work as a financial advisor, my clients were calling uh, because the market was going down 12% that day. So I remember that day pretty vividly. (laughs) But um, uh, later that afternoon, by three or four or five that afternoon, uh, Jackson County had said uh, no more than 10 uh, for gathering. And so it kind of took all the decisions that we'd been talking and debating all day uh, out of our hands. Right. So Coburn Road resides in, in Jackson County, and uh, you have the federal government, and then you've got the state of Missouri, and the states were all kind of different. But you, uh, I think, felt from the get-go, was it absolute mandatory you had to do this thing? You probably remember better than I do, or we recommend you follow the county's mandates. What was Well, at the time, they were saying no public gatherings uh, greater than 10 people. And so it wasn't we could have disobeyed the order, but it it was a health order okay. that Jackson County put down. And we, at least my understanding uh, from the beginning was, well, we're going to hunker down for a couple of weeks and slow the spread. And then two weeks to slow the spread. Yeah. To, <laughs> to two years to what are we still doing? Yeah. Um, so I guess things changed pretty rapidly. And I'm, I'm thankful at Colburn, like other places that you and, and Aaron Rhodes and some other people were able to facilitate uh, some small groups and Zoom meetings pretty rapidly. That uh, that probably was a pretty big task. or Yeah, that was really as soon as we knew we were going to be out. And I never really bought into the two weeks uh, mantra. Uh, I figured it'd be somewhat longer. Uh, we, we started uh, looking for ways for us to worship together still. And the number one concern was no one gets left behind. And, um, so Aaron, you mentioned him, uh, he was on the pastorate and he was instrumental. He's one of the top tech guys at Colburn and he was instrumental in researching and, you know, zoom, I'd heard of it. I knew of it, but, um, Boy, that was really a blessing to be able to have that. We we had I remember before we we did a test run before the uh, rest of the congregation got involved, and then we specifically asked a couple of people who we knew didn't have a phone, you know, smartphone or internet or computer or any access to any of that, just their landline telephone, and uh, to make sure that they could participate in whatever we were going to do going forward for however long that was going to be. And that first uh, week, uh, that service went really well, and I think we were in kind of surprised that uh, how well it went. And so we decided to implement it uh, congregation wide. And and those Wednesday night services, we decided to go into small groups, uh, and we had ten initially uh, small groups, and we had priesthood to lead each one of those groups, so that for our reasoning was more people could participate in a little more intimate of a setting. And uh, we averaged 120 to 150 people during that shutdown on those Zoom small groups on Wednesday nights, which is about double what we normally get in person on Wednesday. So I think they really worked pretty well and the Sunday mornings did too, but I was really thankful for the Wednesday nights. Yeah, I want to clarify that the small groups were were Zoom small groups. And I... um I told Eric, I really enjoyed getting to know people uh, in our group from the congregation in those couple of months that we did that are more so much better than I ever would have for years of Sundays. And uh, really, uh, we kind of missed that when it when it ended and went back to the big one uh, in some regards. Yeah, it was definitely more intimate and um, yeah, a way just to get to know people on a level that you just can't do. Mm-hmm. easily at church in a big congregation. Yeah, the sharing was even a, a little different nature, I think, right. and more um, just 
yeah, intimate and casual, which was which good in some ways. Um, so we broke up into small groups, and and this began to go on for uh, quite some time. Sundays and what um, curious, what's what kind of feedback? Well, first of all, share some positive things that came through this. Some testimonies, or, or one you've already shared was. Uh, I, I like nobody left behind that you you tried hard to make sure that it was available to everybody and that's that's quite an act of um, charity and inclusion I, I think that was good I didn't realize that people with just a landline even were able to participate yeah we had several that were landline only and you know obviously you can't see <laughs> anybody but you can you can hear you can participate you can uh, lend your voice to the prayers or or whatever and so that that was that was critical and like I say Aaron very quickly was able to uh, test and and uh, you know research and implement that strategy and so we were grateful for that the couple of testimonies that came out of that one, uh, just the very first Sunday morning that we had scheduled, uh, that the very first Sunday that we decided to go and and tried out the Zoom as a as a branch, uh, we did that as a typical Sunday morning, uh, like we would, except for we weren't all together and we didn't do small groups on Sunday mornings. But uh, the the preacher that Sunday was my other counselor, John Owings, and uh, I was glad to have someone from the pastorate preaching, but he was only on the schedule because he had switched with someone else. And so the Lord, I believe, had known our needs and our and the desires of my heart to have someone from the pastorate that day. He put that in place. Uh, John had switched with someone out, you know, back in February, uh, just that, because it hadn't worked. And John brought a very uh, calming and reassuring presence and spirit and message. And I, I just think I don't know that too many would have been able to do it, all of those things in the way that he did. Of course, the Lord blessed him. But so that, that right from the get-go was good. And then near the end, there was a Sunday morning where Zoom stopped working. And how we did it, we had, Aaron was the central hub, and everyone just that was participating in the service kind of signed in through him, all the priesthood that were participating, and but they would all stay in their own home. We didn't have anyone meeting in a, one home or in a, at the church or anything, but this particular Sunday that Zoom went down, the priesthood had pre-decided to, that were participating in that service, pre-decided to go and do it from the church, and that was on their own. That wasn't anything that I'd asked them to do. They just uh, asked me if it was okay. I said, sure. And because they were going and there wasn't too many that were doing just the landline only Zoom, we offered them the opportunity to go and participate live with the priesthood. Uh, and we would might have been over the 10 by a little bit, but not by a lot. So we were okay with that. And uh, then we get there and Zoom is down, not working. We're able to use our live stream because they're already at the church. And those who we, who would have not been able to participate uh, were already there because they had been invited to be there also. And so everyone was able, we were able to get the word out to do the live stream. And just because he could, God also had one of the priesthood that was there that day had brought his guitar with him so that he could record. He was up for Ministry of Music in two weeks, and so mm-hmm. he. but he wanted to record it that day after the service was over. Well, we didn't have the Ministry of Music there for that day, and uh, the so he did the Ministry of Music for us that day, and then we had the people that were scheduled just do it a couple of weeks later. But would we have survived uh, without having services that day? Sure. It wouldn't have been that big of a deal in anyone's life. But the Lord just wanted, I think, to let us know he was there with us. He was going through it with us. Even the little things mattered. And uh, we didn't miss a beat that Sunday, uh, despite Zoom being completely down. Yeah. You know, when we're 
when we're not seeing each other, I, I don't know, it, especially with everything in the world, I, I think those services, especially the Wednesday nights, which um, just they, they meant something. And, and for that to be one more thing that you weren't able to have that week, yeah, just as another kick to yeah. – and so what a, a small but, but great thing as well. Yeah, I was a real big testimony for me to yeah. be able to have that. Well, you know, Jason, uh, the saints, and, and, and not just in the restoration, but in our culture, uh, we know that this thing was uh, was very much politicized, and there's there's feelings and things that run uh, strong in, in many different areas. Uh, talk to me about uh, just your thinking on charity and the balance between uh, our duty to uh, the country and to our rights and freedoms and our duty of submiss- submitting to the Lord out of respect for one another despite our – and when do you give up certain beliefs for the others and how do you find that balance? It had to be a challenge, I think, through all of this. Well, it was a it was a challenge and I knew the – I'd hoped uh, that once the lockdowns were over, things would go back to normal and uh, – but – as we got to about the end of the May, in or maybe sometime in May, anyway, at within a week, I received two emails. One was from someone who was kindly, not in a mean spirited <coughs> way, but kindly chastising me for obeying the the shutdown orders. And then the second email, less about a week or so later, was urging me not to reopen to in person services. Uh, after the shutdown orders were over, unless we would uh, require masks and uh, meet outside, so that's a pretty wide gulf, <laughs> both from people. Well, certainly, you can find that. <laughs> and so right away, I knew the the easy part had been the 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 time where we were um, uh, separated right. and in shutdown, and the and the the tough part of. Of coming together and trying to keep a branch together, the, the size and diversity of Colburn uh, was going to be difficult. And I, um, so I, I anyway, I, I kind of had my eyes open a little bit. And the way I, I know a lot of, there's a lot of disagreement out there, and that's okay. And I think what we did for Colburn was the right thing for Colburn, and it wouldn't have been necessarily the right thing for other branches. And uh, and that's that's okay. But at Colburn, uh, we we had roughly a third of the people that had said that they were coming were coming only because of the protocols that we had put in place. And um, to me, it just went back to the leave no one behind. Uh, And and for me, it, it was. I looked at uh, the the scriptures in in Corinthians and uh, a couple of places in Romans where they talk about you know if you're meat uh, eating the meat is, there's nothing wrong with that but if it offends the ones you're with I looked at those scriptures and to me uh, what I took from that was if there's going to be a significant minority even of people that are not going to feel comfortable worshiping with us if we go ahead without any kind of protocols, that wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And um, I know others, uh, it wasn't as big of a deal in some other branches and, and that's that's okay, but it, it would have been a big deal in in our branch, and and I did have a lot of concern over time. You know, how do we hold this all together? Because there, it was a minority of people. It wasn't ever a majority that that wanted those protocols, and we didn't ever require masks. Right. We we asked people to, and we asked people to out of not because they worked or didn't work. We never made that argument. It was simply. There are people that are coming that wouldn't be comfortable coming if you didn't, if we didn't as a body wear them, mm-hmm. and and so no one was ever turned away for not wearing one. Several didn't, and and personally I was okay with that, uh, but the majority did, and 
you know, on the flip side of that, we I know we we lost some too because of the protocols that we had. We didn't sing for nine months. Right. Uh, we generally had distancing. The a lot of the rows taped off. Uh, we did allow families to, you know, or people that would otherwise spend time together outside of church sit together so that we could get more people in the sanctuary, and so that we didn't have to ever use a, an overflow. And and I know that we lost some, uh, some permanently, and some temporarily, and over and over. My heart broke and shed were tears. Tears were shed um, over that, and it, it just—it was a very difficult year for me because of that. But what I kept coming back to, and what get, would bring me peace, were two things. One, when I sat down to put the protocols in place, I didn't. When I sat down to type them out and send a letter to the branch. At the moment I sat down, I wasn't even sure in my mind what I was going to go with. But as I worked it through, uh, there was just – every time I came back to doing what we did, there was a peace that came with that. And uh, and uh, and then I would get to church and, you know, someone would have a comment. And they weren't being mean, but they would just, you know, have a comment or a disagreement or something. And I'd – I doubt a little bit, but every time I thought rethought it, that peace came back to me that this is the right decision for for us, and so that that was one thing. I just kept coming back. That's where I found the most peace, and then the uh, second the, the the second thing that brought me peace was I knew that those who who we lost, like I say, temporarily or, or permanently, I knew they had a lot of good choices for other places within the restoration that they could go. Mm-hmm. And I knew they would be well looked after and taken care of and could be a, a part of, a, of, a, of another group of people. And, and yet looking at the people, if we changed, those who would not have been comfortable coming had we changed our protocols they wouldn't have had anywhere to go uh really right Uh, there was no other branch that i'm aware of that was doing all of the things that we were doing Mm -hmm. some in jackson county were obeying the mask mandate some weren't um but but i don't think anyone else was doing all of the things together that we were doing and we had some several families from other branches that would come and, and so i just I felt like for those who would not have been comfortable otherwise, it was a safe haven, a, a place, uh, really the only place they could come and do in-person worship. And that was important to me, but it didn't really um, lessen the the pain of those who went otherwise went right. other way and I didn't really have anyone leave in anger that told me anyway right. maybe some did uh, but th- th- that didn't matter it just there was there was it was just was a very that was probably the the biggest difficulty or challenge that I faced personally was just knowing that decisions that I had made had made some make decisions that they no longer wanted to fellowship at Col- not that they didn't want to they didn't feel like well they didn't want to bad enough i guess right. um and so <clears throat> that was hard um and i and i like say i wept over that many many nights um and it was a constant source of uh conflict within me mm. um one that was just for me, very difficult. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't have been uh, proud's not the word. Pleased, more pleased with your decision making um, from just from a healthcare perspective and seeing uh, some suffering and people uh, knowing the data constantly and different studies and things. And of course, those things, some of those have changed. Uh, we, we had really a, so little knowledge and still do to a large part on what is safe and isn't. But there were early on large 
pretty pretty definitive studies of how singing and yelling and things could spread, uh, and just the fact that people were protected there. And I like I like how you just shared your perspective that even if it was a minority or or, or a fairly large group of people that were coming because those were in place, that comes into the, I think the charity part of the saints that. You're, the only thing you're really giving up is maybe your pride or your rights that you feel is important to hold on to for the sake of others. You're not giving up the fear of, you know, is this going to affect me, my health, my loved ones, if, if these aren't in place. Uh, you're erring on the side of caution whether or not they truly work or not to the best of our ability at the time, it seemed like. Uh, what... Where, where is that? Ba- so Jackson County, um, for those that don't know, according to the attorney general this past week, one of the most restrictive counties in the whole United States as far as cracking down and, and pressure on businesses and things and mandates. What um, what do you think is – where's the balance between um, our right to come together and worship versus uh, obeying the laws of the land? Well, I th- I think for me the doctrine and covenants tells us to obey the laws of the land, and it doesn't give any ifs ands or buts there. And I, and so <clears throat> I've always struggled with that because there are times I believe where you need to disobey, and there's scriptural you know times where you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, you mm-hmm. know, got sent to the lion's den because he wouldn't obey the order not to pray. Uh, and so I think there are times, or not all times, there are all, at all times, God's uh, law will, in, in the heart of, of those who are, consider themselves his children and are part of his kingdom, God's law comes first. And so, and if the law of the state would disagree with God's law, then we obey God's law, not the law of the state. But in all other times, in my opinion, uh, I, I believe that's really what the Doctrine and Covenants is getting towards is is you need to obey uh, the law of the land. And and even when Christ was here on, on the earth and in his ministry, he, there was a lot of things that uh, didn't seem fair or certainly weren't fair, weren't righteous, weren't just. Uh, you know, they could compel a man to walk a mile with the soldier. Christ didn't say, that's wrong, don't do it. He said, go two, mm-hmm. go two miles. And, you know, w- when they asked him about the f- the fish and, you know, I mean, about the taxes and, you know, so he didn't say this is an oppressive regime, uh, you know, don't pay taxes. So I, I think that um, we need to... As, as a body of believers, when the law of the land, as much as we may or may not like it, the, it all, the, the Doctrine and Covenants also says when the, when the unjust rule or when the evil rule, the people mourn. And I think we've seen that. And in Jackson County, I think we're seeing that. I don't agree. I never did agree with the mask mandate, um, but we had one. And so we had put our mask ask right. in place before that mandate, and and uh, but um, I, I wasn't in favor of forcing of the county forcing other people to, and that's more political maybe. But uh, I, I believe we we need to. Uh, obey as long as it doesn't sure. go against God's. There was, there was one point in time uh, as, as weeks went on, I had a pretty, uh, well, I, I was just cognizant of the fact, thinking this could get, there was a time when things were pretty lonely. You, know, I, I just remember my family just kind of being in our family room every night. We, yep. we didn't go out. We didn't, you know, thankfully, I was able to go out and go to work every day in the public. But, um, and I thought, how when do you say um you know being together as a body is a is a part of thriving in life it's a part of mental health it's a part of uh something that i don't 
want to lose, perhaps even if it means that I may die if I spend, you know, who knows, months or years not even being able to be together. Because uh, I think there's a time where we didn't know. And yeah. as you saw things progress, did those thoughts ever cross your mind or was it just kind of take it as it comes? And That was always in the back of my mind during the shutdown, you know, when you when they were saying, you know, you can't no more than 10 in a space. There would have come a time, and I can't say when, where, yes, we probably would have started worshiping again and I think, in person. I think that's important for the people. Just and You're just one pastor, one, one person, but sometimes we think that's not on anybody's radar, and yeah. we're just going to follow like sheep forever. But to, to hear you say, we don't know when, but yes, that is in my mind. Right. And, and at some point you say... It's important to worship. Right, yeah. And and the other thing that was important to me was they weren't singling out churches. It wasn't just churches that you couldn't go to. You couldn't go anywhere other right. than grocery stores or, you know, things like that. And so that was that, – that all went into it. But, yeah, you're right. There would have been a time that you would have said, okay, enough is enough. And I don't know where that right. would have been. But, you know, by the end of May, we were out of that time. And so it was about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was plenty long enough, uh, but uh, yeah. As far as the masks went, long as we had that mask mandate, we kept we kept it. Even though once people started getting vaccinated, <coughs> I I started thinking, you know, as soon as everyone has had the opportunity to be, my whole thinking changed at that point because. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're not worried about being vaccinated, then you're not worried about coming to church. And if you want to be vaccinated and you haven't been, and you're still worried about coming to church, but you've had the opportunity to be, then right. then there's nothing. There's only so far, only so much I can do to help you. Right. And so we had done that long enough. And about the time we were. Starting to reopen and take off the protocols, Jackson County ended their mask mandate. Uh, so it happened about the same time that we were planning on mm-hmm. kind of ending some of that stuff anyway. But uh, more recently, they they put it back on, but exempted churches from it. Oh, I didn't so, even know they exempted. I knew yeah. they put it back on, and I don't know what happened in Independence, but after a week, she backed off. But I, which I was very surprised yeah. that, but. Um, let me just finish up, Jason. Any final thoughts or, or things you want to say on um, how you felt the people did overall uh, positive or what you wish you would have seen, maybe? Well, you know, I don't get on social media, really. Uh, every once in a while, I'll hear of something in it. So I don't really... I can't speak to the restoration at a large. Even you know, you hear things, mm-hmm. and some things you hear, you're, you're you kind of make you cringe a little bit. But <laughs> uh, so, I, but I can't speak directly to any of that. But I can speak directly to the response that Colburn made, and I, I really couldn't be prouder. You know, mm-hmm. there again, there were times that were very painful for me. There were times where I was very discouraged, but. Even those who didn't want to do that, they they did it, I won't say happily, but <clears throat> I didn't really struggle with, you know, we, again, we didn't have a mandate. We just asked people to wear masks. We asked people to be respectful of others, and they did it. And it's sometimes, when I would get discouraged, sometimes I would look at the few negatives but there was so much positive and uh, so much to be, you know, you had well over well, half, probably close to two-thirds of the branch didn't really want any of that, but they did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And they did it, I believe, out of the love that they had for those in the branch who, so that they could come. I don't, And your data is really good because you did send out a questionnaire. Yeah. So, so when you speak yeah. this way, you know pretty significantly. Yeah, we sent out a questionnaire, and we had a really good response. And, uh, um, but yeah, they just, I, th- uh, right from the get-go, one of my biggest concerns was, are we going to be able to hold this together? Mm-hmm. And I knew that I couldn't, 
And I just it was always on my mind, Lord, help help us keep this together. Help us keep the branch together. Help, and I, it's got to be. Uh, it's a testament to I think the the saints that we go to church with at Colburn, but it's also a, was a blessing from the Lord uh, that that we were able to keep it together uh, as hard as it was to do that. Uh, people. People did it, and without a ton of complaining. I mean, every week, every little comment, even meant in jest, kind of stung a little bit mm. for me because I, I knew that it was not meant at me directly, but it's still – and so every – just they piled on top of each other sure. week after week. Um, and just people even just trying to be funny, uh, pretending they couldn't breathe as they take their mask off as they walk out the door. Just you know, Just simple things. Uh, that just built on top of each other, but it was, I, I really looking back and even in the middle of it, when I stopped to, when I stopped to consider, you know, the, the people did it mm-hmm. and, um, I just was very proud to be among them and, we had the priesthood vote. I don't believe one man, even the pastor should make those kinds of decisions in a, in an emergency setting sure but for long term right. no and so i asked the priesthood on three separate occasions to vote on the protocols and all three times they they kept them in place so i i had to initially do that and because it was mine initially i'm the one that took most of mm-hmm. <laughs> the brunt of the complaints <clears throat> and the arrows and such and that's fine that goes with the territory but uh the priesthood as a body at Colburn continually kept those in place until they really weren't needed anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so from the priesthood setting the example, the body following along, uh, it just was, that was uplifting mm-hmm. to me. Well, I just let you in with this. If, if you heard a comment, uh, something to the fact that the church failed miserably during COVID and its leadership for the country, would you say that's true or false? I might mean, know what my perspective. Yeah, is. I, I'm going to say that's false. Um, again, I I didn't. I knew so, certainly we all did things uh, and said things at different times. That is human, but mm-hmm. personally, I believe that's. False. I I can't again. I can't speak for the church at large because I, I, you know, I participate with Central Missouri branches. Colburn is one of eleven branches that gets together, uh, and I participate with those pastors. And I didn't pick up on any big right. trouble in those branches either. But I certainly didn't see that at Colburn. Yeah, in, in large scale. Well, I. I appreciate the perspective of following the the county's kind of thing from the beginning. Uh, if it if it was well, I didn't see from from my perspective. You you protected us as members pretty well. I think uh, as far as I say protected, um, I didn't know of any divisions or or infightings or it just it seemed to flow as good as it possibly could. And and I was kind of. Uh, if people would say that to me, that, that was not my experience at all. It was a very uh, uh, safe and just as best as it could be experience for all of us and how well things were in place for the small groups and, and all of that. I, we didn't have to – I mean, we, <laughs> we clicked on a link on an email and, and we worshipped. And that's yeah. – a lot of stuff went on in the background. But, I, you know, personally, thank you for that. Um, when, I'll just say when I look – at the negatives, and there were negatives, but they were few and far between. But sometimes one or two negatives will will make something seem worse right. than ten positives. But so when you look at the entire picture, I would no, we didn't fail miserably. There were some instances where I failed. There were some instances where others failed, but uh, certainly not as a church. I, I mean, I think we handled it pretty well. Yeah. Well, I agree. Uh, I know you were begging me to get in here for weeks to just talk on something right now. <laughs> I know you did it. This is not your probably your choicest thing. This is but, not the most comfortable place for me, no. 
Uh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Jason, for coming and sharing. Um, I hope we we don't have to do this again, but um, I'm sure we don't know what's coming. But um, hopefully things, some things were learned in, in how we interact with each other. And what you said about the complaints, I think some of the largest, more vocal things, it's easy to say attribute that to the entire church, but over and all, the, the silent majority of the members sure um, seem to do well from my perspective. And yeah. Yeah, I believe that. One one last thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you had asked me to do this, you'd said just some of the challenges and blessings, and we'll go through that, and we've done all of that. But for, I just wanted to say that as I reflected on that and tried to think of, well, what were some of the challenges and what were some of the blessings and what I noticed that maybe I hadn't noticed before was those come together, the the challenges and the blessings. And, um, you know, God supplies the blessings not necessarily to uh, get us out of the challenge, but to help us get through the challenge. And that's been true as I look back on my life, 48 years, but certainly the last 18 months, his blessings, each one— were there and you know that didn't get us out of the tough time that we were in but it helped us get through it and um he's faithful he's always there uh he's he's capable he's good he's willing uh all those things that you sometimes doubt when life isn't going the way you think it ought to uh he shows himself over and over again all of those things are true and um and, and they're all there, and he's there to always be calling us back to himself. And uh, every time I would find a moment of discouragement, it was generally because I was looking somewhere mm-hmm. other than him. Uh, looking to myself for an answer or looking at someone else's response or whatever. Uh, but when I turned my focus back on him, he, <laughs> he was faithful and always there. And... Uh, um, Anyway, that's very... uh, that's um, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> you, you didn't, you haven't heard Eric's, but at the end, Eric said something very similar mm. about Jesus, and that's good advice every day when we're discouraged. That that it's so simple and yet <laughs> so easily to get caught up in emotion to remember you're, you're not looking at him, but exact same thing from our other brother. So thank you for sharing, Jason. Sure. Uh, you ready for round four or five of pastorship or <laughs> for a break we're, for a few we're, we're decades? We're done for now, taking a little <laughs> bit of a break Okay, and grateful to have it. Uh, but even in that, the, the Lord blessed. And uh, so yeah. now, now we'll see what he has next. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.